Mr. Clark, are you ready? I am ready, Mr. President. Okay, great. We'll begin. The 24th regular meeting of the Memphis City Council will now come to order. Clerk Hardebees, please call the roll. Councilor Bears. Present. Vice President Carviello. Present. Councilor Knight. Present. Councilor Marks. Present. Councilor Morrell. Councilor Morrell. I saw her in here. Councilor Scarpelli is present. Present. President Falco. Present. I know you saw Councilor Morrell. I, I saw Councilor Morrell, yeah. I just didn't hear her. Has she been made a host so that she can shut her mute off? She's been made a co-host, yes. Sorry, I just, I, I got kicked out. I'm back. Oh, sorry. Welcome back. Thanks. <laughs> I'll take that as present. I am present. Okay, all seven members are present. At this point in time, I'd ask everyone to please rise to salute the flag. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United, of the United States, States of America. And to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty, and justice for all. Thank you. This is being broadcast live on Channel 22 for Comcast and Channel 43 on Verizon. Pursuant to Governor Baker's March 12, 2020 order suspending certain provisions of the Open Meeting Law, General Law, Chapter 30A, Section 18, and the Governor's March 15, 2020 order imposing strict limitation on the number of people that may gather in one place, this meeting of the Memphis City Council will be conducted via remote participation to the greatest extent possible. Specific information and the general guidelines for remote participation by members of the public and or parties with the right and or requirement to attend this meeting can be found on the City of Medford website at www.medfordma.org. For this meeting, members of the public who wish to listen or watch the meeting may do so by accessing the meeting link contained herein. No in-person attendance or of members of the public will be permitted, but every effort will be made to ensure that the public can adequately access the proceedings in real time via technological means. In the event that we are unable to do so, despite best efforts, we will post on the City of Medford or Medford Community Media website an audio or video recording transcript or other comprehensive record of proceedings as soon as possible after the meeting. Okay, I want to thank everyone for attending tonight. We have a number of hearings tonight. Hearings 20-381. This is a notice of a public hearing, legal notice, City of Medford, Massachusetts, Medford City Council, Chapter 94, Zoning. The Medford City Council will conduct a public hearing on Tuesday, July 28, 2020 at 7 p.m. via Zoom remote video conferencing relative to the petition by Mayor Brianna Longo Kern to amend Chapter 94 Zoning, Chapter 94-148D, Table of Use Regulation for Use 18, multiple dwelling not over three stories in height, uh, in Use 19, multiple dwelling not over 75 feet or six stories in height. Where use 18 or 19 is presently allowed by right, yes, the proposed amendment would require a special permit from the City Council, uh, SPC, requiring that at least 25% of the total gross floor area of the development contain non-residential uses permitted by right, of which are authorized pursuant to a special permit in the underlying zoning uh, district or where relevant overlying zoning 
where relevant overlying zoning district. As drafted, the amendment uh, would take effect in the APT-1, APT-2, APT-3, and C1 in MUZ zoning districts. The full text of the amendment may be review, uh, viewed in the Office of the City Clerk at Memphis City Hall, Room 103, or the City's me uh, website at http colon forward slash forward slash www.mefordma.org slash departments slash community development by clicking on the current CD board filings. A Zoom link for this meeting will be posted no later than July 24, 2020. Um, so at this point in time, I would declare the, oh, actually, if I may, um, this paper did go to the, um, we're actually, let me just read the rest of this. So if you could give me a second. Uh, to, participate, uh, to participate remotely outside of the virtual platform, questions and comments may be submitted via email to ahurtubise, that's A-H-U-R-T-U-B-I-S-E at medford-ma.gov. For accommodations, call 781-393-2425. Uh, TTY 781-393-2516. Uh, pursuant to Governor Baker's March 12, 2020 order suspending certain provisions of the Open Meeting Law, General Law, Chapter 38, Section 18, and the Governor's March 15, 2020 order imposing strict limitation on the number of people that may gather in one place, this hearing of the Memphis City Council will be conducted via remote participation to the greatest extent possible. Specific information and the general guidelines for remote participation by members of the public and or parties with the right and or requirement to attend this meeting can be found on the City of Medford website at www.medfordma.org. For this meeting, members of the public who wish to listen or watch the meeting may do so by accessing the meeting link contained, uh, contained to be posted not later than July 24, 2020. No in-person attendance or of members of the public will be permitted, but every effort will be made to ensure that the public can adequately access the proceedings in real time via technological means. In the event that we are unable to do so, despite best efforts, we will post on the City of Medford or Medford Community Media website an audio or video recording transcript or other comprehensive record of proceedings as soon as possible after the meeting. By order of the Medford City Council, Adam L. Herdeby, City Clerk, this was advertised in the Boston Globe July 13th and July 20th, 2020. We also have uh, received a, a correspondence from uh, Andre LaRue, who's the chair of the CD board. That's dated July 20th, 2020. And I'm gonna read that now. That's regarding council resolution 20-381, uh, proposed amendment to chapter 94 zoning, section 94-148D, table of use regulations for use 18, multiple dwelling, not over three stories in height, and uh, use 19, multiple dwelling, not over 75 feet or six stories in height to require at least 25% non-residential uses. Following the duly advertised public hearing conducted on June 18, 2020, and July 16, 2020, the Community Development Board voted to recommend that the Memphis City Council adopt the proposed amendment in the Commercial 1, C1, in mixed-use zones, MUZ, zoning districts, with the following changes. For the proposed footnote use, uh, to use 18 and use 19, number 3, remove the words 25% of the total floor area and replace with the first floor. Two. For the proposed footnote uh, to use 18 and use 19, number three, add the following language after the words overlying zoning district, uh, yeah, overlying uh, zoning district or business or professional office retail sales as consume, consumer service business or eating place as defined in section 94-2 definitions. Following considerable discussion, the Community Development Board made no recommendation on the proposed amendment 
to the APT Apartment 1 and APT Apartment 2 zoning districts. Thank you for your consideration of these recommendations. Andre LaRue, Chair. At this point, I declare this public hearing open. Would anybody like to speak in favor? Anyone like to speak in favor of the petition? Nope. Uh, let's see. Uh, we have um, Chief of Staff Dave Rodriguez. Thank you, Mr. President. And uh, I'm sorry, I was looking for the raise hand function. I, I couldn't find it. So I just did it the old fashioned way. Uh, I appreciate the comments that were made by the Community Development Board and their careful consideration. Uh, that was made after a number of, a number of meetings uh, that were constructive and of thoughtful and very substantive, and uh, the mayor agrees with, with the changes that are recommended by this community development board. We, uh, she thinks that it achieves the policy objectives that were put forth and uh, spurred off a good conversation that happened at the CD board at that time. So we hope uh, the council will give a careful consideration as well. Thank you, uh, Mr. Rodriguez. Uh, would anybody else like to speak in favor of the petition? Okay, seeing and hearing none, I declare this portion of the hearing closed. Now I uh, open this up to anyone in opposition of the petition. Is there anyone in opposition that would like to speak? Mr. President, I see someone has a hand up. Navarra? Yes, Will. Okay. Um, one minute, please. Please have Thank your name and address for the record. Thank you, Mr. President. Uh, I hope you can hear me. Uh, great. Uh, William Navarre, 108 Medford Street, Apartment 1B. The goals, I understand this, Mr. President, and, and I might not be super familiar with the changes. I'm not sure if we're still considering whether or not it'll be an apartment one in apartment two, but I'm, I'm commenting as if it is that, because that's... Uh, the goal, as I understand it, is to increase the commercial tax base. I have major equity concerns with that. The present system of taxation gives a discount to housing owners by taxing housing land and housing improvements at a lower rate than ones that are commercial. However, on the other side of that, it provides a, uh, an incentive to create housing that housing seekers will enjoy. And this seems to subvert that. Housing owners continue to get their discount and it's really tough for housing seekers uh, to, to have supply built for them because you gotta put in commercial in order to do that. So I'm a little bit concerned that this is gonna hamper housing production. All right. And I have it all. And, and, and I, I would suggest the alternative proposal that if the city wants to see more commercial go in, they consider removing that, incent that disincentive to uh, commercial, the higher mill rate, which encourages you to put in housing rather than commercial. You can just look at some of the assessments, Mr. President. Uh, you can see that even though the mill rate is uh, nominally higher in commercial, you can see that as a relation to land value, this is sort of what you start with, then you hope they build up. You can see that the commercial properties often pay a smaller ratio of their land value in taxes 
And that's because subcommercial is not very developed. An obvious example would be on Mystic Avenue. But the new housing is, of course, well developed, with lots of assessed improvements on each dollar of assessed land value. Even uh, in Wellington Plaza, where, you know, the, it's legitimately developed, it's not an empty lot, uh, at, at 760 Fells Way, uh, I think that's where the stop and shop is, sort of that wing of the, of the plaza. Um, they pay less as a ratio of land value than the housing, uh, you know, across the way at Five Cabot. You might say that's a luxury development, but that means that they're paying a lot of improvement taxes. So when you get down to it, if you want to extract more from commercial, you can often do that just by having a flat land value tax, where you don't tax extra for the homeowners and the apartment owners for having buildings. You tax based on the value of the land that they deprive to others. And since the rate is flat, and no matter what you put there, you pay the same amount of tax, that creates a free field with no favor. All right. Thank you. You're going to take away the incentive to leave land unproductive, vacant, or blighted. Okay. The tax would furthermore encourage the owners of land on Mystic Avenue to sell it or develop it. And that's true whether or not the city decides to rezone it residential. They don't have to pay much taxes right now. They can wait and wait and wait until you rezone it residential. And some people don't want to do that, and that's fine. But they got to do something. A land value tax doesn't even need to be a sudden and abrupt change that's going to cause chaos or anything. You can do it slowly. Maybe one year the taxes are going up a bit. You put all the increase on the land. Maybe they're going down a bit. You take all the decrease off buildings. So it doesn't have to be a sudden change that shocks the system. We need, uh, and I should say that generally when you do that, homeowners, especially lower income homeowners in, in lower income neighborhoods, generally get more of a tax break and less of a tax hike when you do it that way rather than flat on each. So it's not true this is an increase for homeowners. It's usually a decrease. We do need more commercial city of Medford, but we also need more housing in the city of Medford. And we can get more of both by removing the tax break for those who hold land out of use in the form of parking lots, vacant lots, and low-intensity businesses like the sprawling large car dealerships that are really glorified parking lots on Mystic Avenue. That's how we can get more commercial in our city. That's how we can get more housing in the city, by using the land productively, by removing the discount for blight and, and waste. And most of all, speculation as you wait for the city to improve around you to become richer or for the city council to rezone. They should, zone, they should build what is zoned for. They should build commercial Mystic Valley and they, they, they shouldn't be holding land hostage waiting for that. Thank you, Mr. President. Thank you, Mr. Navar. Let's see, uh, we have... Name and address for the record, please. Kelly Catalo, 46 Otis Street in Medford. Um, I understand that we need to do zoning changes, Mr. President, but first of all, I don't think that this should be happening in the middle of the summer, in the middle of a pandemic, when we can't even all be in the same room. There are people that wanted to be part of this meeting tonight, but they can't communicate via a screen. 
So if at some point you decide to put this off to another date, there are people that have valuable information to add to this that would like to be in the council chambers and do so in person. What I will say is the way that this is written, to bring commercial into apartment one, apartment two, or apartment three zones, I will tell you some of the apartment one zones. If you're going up Oakland Street, which is across the street from City Hall, that's all houses, but the right side of that is apartment one zoning. If I lived up there, I would not want stores or commercial property put in there. If you go down Riverside Avenue underneath the bridge from Medford Square, the right side of that is apartment one zoning. I wouldn't want stores all over there. When we go down Main Street in Medford, you know, we're talking apartment one and apartment two zones. And it just doesn't work for that. As far as the mixed-use zoning districts, Medford Square, we've been asking for mixed-use zoning for 30 years. I would love for that to be part of this amendment here, that we can have apartments as well as commercial. And it's not that we're trying to take away things, but we have a lot of vacant storefronts across our city, and you're going to see a lot more due to COVID and people working from home. I love the recommendations from the Community Development Board, except for one. I don't think that you should require the commercial to be ground level, because maybe the commercial piece is something that's on the same lot, like what we're seeing across the street from Wegmans. We still have a bank on the lot. Maybe that bank makes up that 25% that is needed in that zone. The other thing that we're seeing is a lot of the apartment houses and the complexes that are being built are talking with companies like WeWork, and maybe that's on the sixth floor, but it's a level of um, commercial property for people to be able to work at home. Thank you. Thank you. Anyone else against in opposition? Okay, we have uh, Derek Anderson. Uh, Name and address for the record, please. Hello, Derek Anderson, 16 Myrtle Street. Uh, thank you, Mr. President. Um, I, I am uh, against this proposal. I would like to second a lot of it, what Kelly has just said. Uh, mixed use is very important for our community. Uh, adding more commercial is very important. I, I love the idea of having commercial in some of those apartment zones and commercial zones that are affected by this amendment. Uh, I'm thinking, you know, particularly along Salem Street, you know, a great place for it. But there are places that are affected by this amendment. Uh, you know, Kelly's mentioned a number of them. I think Riverside Ave, everything along Riverside Ave from cities, from uh, downtown Medford to Locust Street, from Riverside Ave to the river would be affected by this. Uh, so there would be no multi-dwelling apartments greater than two units, unless it's an attached single family home that would be allowed in that entire section of town from now on, unless they put in 25% commercial. There just aren't developers out there that are gonna build that kind of stuff. This is a ban on multi-dwelling multi housing in a number of areas of our city. It's completely inappropriate to, to try to have this sort of quick fix uh, zoning amendment to what is really begging for a comprehensive zoning uh, process. And I know that our, our community development group is doing a, a housing plan, they've done a, a resilience plan, they're, plan, they're going out for comprehensive planning. All those things can feed into real zoning reform, and I'm optimistic that that can happen, uh, but we need to let that process unfold. This kind of quick fix is gonna have lots of unforeseen issues. Uh, and I'm extremely concerned, particularly that there's a requirement for city council to approve case by case, every single application that's proposed for multi-dwelling. That's a huge change from where we're at right 
now. It's totally inappropriate to put city council in that in that place. I assume that you guys don't want to be put in that position. I certainly wouldn't want to be put in that position of having politics inserted into into every single application. And it's it's just the wrong way to go about this sort of Point of information, Mr. President. Point of information, Council Knight. Um, this is a public hearing. Um, in favor or against, yeah. it should be ended. We have 35 <laughs> items on the agenda. If we allow um, the you know dialogue to continue for four or five minutes on every item on the agenda this evening, we're going to be here until tomorrow morning. I appreciate what Mr. Anderson has to say, and I agree with him. I'm not going to be supporting the zoning amendment this evening. I'm going to vote to reject it uh, for the reasons that I stated when it was introduced. Um, however, in the interest of um, getting through the agenda, Mr. President, um, I think it might be important for us to maybe um, limit the time of public participation this evening. We have 35 items on the agenda. Okay. Uh, Derek, did, did you want to uh, conclude? Sure, I, I, and I appreciate your position, Councillor Knight, uh, and I apologize for taking a lot of time. I am passionate on this. I'll just conclude. It's inappropriate to have City Council involved in this. This is a citywide ban that's totally inappropriate. This is not the way to do it. We do need commercial. I like the intent, but the implementation is wrong, and I'm against this. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. Uh, is anyone else in opposition of this? Anyone else in opposition that would like to speak? Motion to close the public hearing. Uh, we have one more person. Uh, let's see, Roberta Cameron, would you like to speak? Yes, thank you. Um, I just wanted to mention one thing that I'm concerned about the, um, the, um, the, the uses that would be allowed within those districts are not necessarily the uses that are compatible with um, our vision of what mixed use looks like. Um, it's a, that the underlying commercial uses that would be required to be located, co-located with commercial, with residential buildings are not necessarily the uses that would be compatible with um, that type of building. So I just wanted to add that to the, to the argument and- um, Was that opposed, Mr. President? Yes, opposed. Thank you. Thank you, Roberta. Is there anyone else in opposition? Anyone in opposition that would like to speak? Okay. Hearing and seeing none, will this portion of the uh, hearing close? Now ask if the council has any questions or comments that they'd like to make. Motion to reject the zoning amendment, Mr. President. Okay, on the motion of council tonight to reject the zoning amendment. Second, Second council president. Uh, seconded by Councilor Scarpelli. Any questions from the council? Those lines. Mr. President? Yes, okay, Councilor Marks. Uh, thank you, Mr. President. And, um, you, you know, we are in the process, as many uh, residents know, uh, we hired uh, uh, an attorney to help us with our uh, review of our zoning ordinances that haven't been reviewed in over 30 years. I think many people in this community realize that uh, there are many changes that need to happen, many updates, and I would agree with some of the previous speakers that uh, we really do need to look at a comprehensive amendment, and I appreciate the fact that the mayor is trying to put forward what she believes is in the best interest of the community. However, I'd like to look at a total picture uh, when I uh, arrive at a decision, and I don't believe this arrives at that. Um, there is an issue, Mr. President, I've raised on many times 
before the council and regarding zoning is the fact that uh, we're seeing uh, many buildings pop up that have a very little uh, community feel and community impact other than providing additional housing. And I've always stated, Mr. President, that uh, we have to make sure that we're not just creating big box uh, residential places that uh, really have no community feel. So uh, whatever I do as a member of the council, I'm going to be cognizant of the fact that um, I will be mindful of adding uh, a component, uh, like we mentioned, about mixed use and so forth, uh, and whatever uh, votes I take, Mr. President. Thank you, Councilor Marks. Any other questions or comments from the council? Uh, Councilor Beers. Thank you, Mr. President. Um, just that I think Derek said it very well and Councillor Marks as well. Um, I'm supportive of some of the ideas around this, but I want to see it happen as part of a larger process. Thank you, Councillor Beers. Any other questions from the council? Okay. On the motion of Council Knight, seconded by Councillor Scarpelli to reject this, uh, to reject the zoning uh, amendment. Clerk Hardeby, please call the roll. Mr. President, I just want to clarify, a yes vote on this, a yes vote on this motion is a vote to reject. Is that correct? You are correct. Okay. Here comes the roll call. Council Bears. Yes. Vice President Carviello. Yes. Council Knight. Yes. Council Marks. Yes. Council Morell. Yes. Councilor Scarpelli? Yes. President Falco? Yes, seven the affirmative, zero in the negative. The zoning amendment has been rejected. Notice of a public hearing, 20-042, legal notice, City of Medford, Massachusetts, Medford City Council, Chapter 94, Zoning. The Medford City Council will conduct a public hearing on Tuesday, July 28, 2020 at 7, 7 p.m. via Zoom remote video conferencing relative to a petition by the Medford City Council to amend Chapter 94, Zoning Revised Ordinances of the City of Medford to allow, to allow for and regulate adult use marijuana establishments in the City of Medford with an aim to minimize any adverse impacts that marijuana establishments may have on adjacent or nearby properties and to provide standards for placement, design, siting, safety, security, modification, and discontinuance of central establishments subject to reasonable conditions that protect public health, safety, and welfare. The full text of the amendment may be viewed in the Office of the City Clerk, Medford City Hall, Room 103, or on the city, uh, city's website at http www.methodma.org uh, slash department slash community development by clicking on the current CD, CD board filings. A Zoom link for this meeting will be posted no later than July 24th, 2020. Uh, this was advertised in the Boston Globe on July 13th and July 20th. Uh, we have actually since received a response from the CD board and uh, from Andre LaRue, the chair uh, dated July 22nd, 2020. Um, regarding council resolution 20-042, proposed amendment to chapter 94 zoning to allow for and regulate adult use marijuana establishments. 
Following a duly advertised public hearing conducted on July 16, 2020, the Community Development Board voted to recommend that the Mecca City Council adopt the proposed, proposed amendment with the following changes. Number one, more specific specificity be added to the ordinance relative to allowed locations for marijuana establishments, including a revision of section 94-148D table of regulations. And number two, consideration of drafting edits contained in the attached document. Thank you for your consideration of these uh, recommendations. And that's uh, from Andre LaRue, the chair of the CD board, the Community Development Board. Mr. President, motion to continue the public hearing to a date certain following a committee of the whole meeting with the Community Development Board to go over the recommended changes. Thank you, Council. And I, on that motion. Second. 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 Scarpelli. Clerk Curtis, do you have that? Hang on. I have Councilor Knight's motion as a, uh, hang on, as a motion to, uh, to continue the hearing to a date certain for meeting in committee of the whole with members of the community development with members of the community development board to go over the proposed changes. Yep. So I'm um, following a meeting of the committee of the whole. Okay. Hang on. I would assume that can be done between now and our next regularly scheduled meeting, Mr. President. Yes, that's what I will be aiming to do. Okay. Following a meeting with the committee in committee of the whole with the community development board. Or a representative thereof, whoever wants to go over these changes, Mr. President. Okay, do you have that, Council uh, Clerk Hardeby's? Yes, I do. Okay, uh, let's see. Uh, we have a question from uh, Councilor Bears. Councilor Bears. Just um, if President Falco or, or Councilor Knight, uh, do you know where we are on the ticking clock on this zoning change? Um, is yeah, there a date? I did check with uh, City Solicitor Scanlon today. We have 90 days from when the uh, hearing opens. So uh, okay. today, but um, this is something that I think it really needs to be addressed sooner than later. Uh, we've been working on, on this for a while. Uh, so I'll be aiming to uh, set up a committee the whole as soon as possible. Great. And both ticking clocks legal and just we need to get this done. Thank you, Mr. President. Thank you. Mr. President, my understanding is that if it's continued to a date certain and you actually name the date, it also does not have to be re-advertised. Okay. I would move to name the date at uh, as the next regularly scheduled city council meeting, Mr. President. That sounds good to me, uh, which would be 28th August, August 25th. 25th. Mr. President. Councilor Marks. I would also ask that KP Law be invited uh, for advice as well as the acting uh, city solicitor. Absolutely. Yep. They, they, they've both been instrumental in- uh, uh, Councilor Marks, is that an amendment? That if, if you want that in the form of amendment, that's fine. I'll, I'll, I'll use it as, as an amendment. Seconded, Mr. President. Or you can add it as part of the main motion so we don't have to vote on it twice. That's fine. So on that motion by Councilor Knight, seconded by Councilor Scarpelli. As amended by Councilor Marks. As amended by Councilor Marks. To, uh, to continue the hearing to a date certain, which would be um, August 25th, 
uh, but we will have a committee the whole meeting before that meeting to discuss the changes. So moved. On that motion by Council Knight, seconded by Council Scarpelli. Clerk Carnabies, please call the roll. Council Bears. Yes. Vice President Carabiello. Yes. Council Knight. Yes. Council Marks. Yes. Council Morell. Yes. Council Scarpelli. Yes. President Falco. Yes, seven the affirmative, zero in the negative. The motion passes. Two zero dash four seven eight. Notice of a public hearing. Petition for grant of location, Tufts University, Medford, Massachusetts, electrical transmission line. Uh, Medford, Massachusetts, City Clerk's Office. You are hereby notified that by order of the Medford City Council, a public hearing will be given via Zoom at 7 p.m. on Tuesday, July 28th, on a petition of Tufts University for permission to install an electrical transmission line beneath Boston Avenue near the intersection of College Avenue and to locate poles, wires, and fixtures, including the necessary sustaining and protecting fixtures along and across the public way herein named uh, said pole locations to be located substantially in accordance with the revised plan marked Boston Avenue. Medford, Massachusetts, in, be fi in filed in the office of the city clerk on June 4, 2020. The Zoom link for this meeting will be provided no later than Friday, July 24, 2020. Wherefore, it prays that after due notice and hearing, as provided by law, it be granted a location for and permission to erect and maintain poles and wires together with such sustaining and protecting fixtures as it may find necessary, said electrical uh, transmission line be erected substantially in accordance with the revised plan marked Boston Ave, Medford, Massachusetts, and available for inspection in the office of the city clerk, Medford City Hall, room 103, 85 George P. Hassett Drive, Medford, Massachusetts, 02155. Also, for permission to lay and maintain underground uh, laterals, cables, and wires in the above or intersecting public ways for the purpose of making connections with such poles and buildings as each of said petitioners may desire for distributing purposes. The following are the streets and highways referred to. Boston Avenue in the vicinity of the new power plant building near the intersection of College Avenue. Location approximately as shown on plan filed in the office of the city clerk. This was approved by the city engineer with the following conditions. The engineer division recommends that the grant of location be approved with the following conditions. One, the grant of location, GOL, is limited to approximately 60 feet of electrical transmission uh, main described in the GOL document as follows. Number two, excavation of Boston Avenue is in, uh, in installation and maintenance of eight by six underground uh, electrical conduits and wires together with such sustaining and protecting protecting fixtures as may be necessary for the transmission of electricity under and across Boston Avenue, a public way approximately 500 feet north of the center line of the intersection of Boston Avenue and College Avenue, said location request. Tufts Athletic you know, Utility District, Medford, Massachusetts, and filled, filed in the office of the city clerk, the plan. The work consists of installing approximately 55 linear feet of electrical duct bank uh, to an electric manhole as shown on the plan and to connect to conduits of petitioner's property and prop property of the Ma uh, Massachusetts Bay Transportation. Number three, 
before starting work, the contractor shall notify DigSafe and shall obtain all applicable permits from the engineering division. The project must obtain a street opening permit pursuant to section 74-141 of the city ordinances prior to commencing work. The SOP application must include a proposal for temporary and permit street restoration, a permanent street restoration to the consideration considered as a condition. Please see additional comments below on street restoration. The SOP application must also include a traffic management plan. Number four, no other utility structures, conduits, duct banks, pipes, or other apparences uh, are adversely impacted. Tufts shall ensure that all sewer, water, and drain lines are marked prior to any excavation. Any dis uh, disturbed concrete sidewalk panels shall be replaced in kind. Asphalt must be replaced with asphalt. Five, the sidewalk and street temporary and permit restoration shall be done in consultation with the engineering division and per the requirements of an approved street opening permit. The recent resurfacing of Boston Avenue stopped short of this location due to the anticipated and ongoing construction related to both Tufts University projects and the Green Line Extension project. Also, the City of Medford intends to add a pedestrian crossing in this vicinity using funds obtained from the MBTA related to mitigation for the GLX project. The Engineering Division recommends that in lieu of performing final street restoration a contribution be negotiated and agreed upon with the city with the city engineer that approximates the construction cost value of finished street restoration. The cost should take into consideration in consideration roadway mill and overlay restoration with a curb to curb offset of 25 feet, including setting curbstones and sidewalk restoration and mill and overlay restoration encompassing Tufts University utility patches from the intersection of College Avenue to the limits of Dowling Hall. This contribution will go towards final resurfacing of this section of Boston Avenue. This will provide a consistent final pavement surface along this section of Boston Avenue. Number six, pavement markings must be restored. Number seven, the project site uh, must be swept daily and shall be kept free of debris for the duration of the installation. Number eight, a copy of the MWRA permit and associated plans must be submitted to the engineering division prior to releasing a, st a street opening permit. Number nine, the plan indicates open trench construction. There is existing concrete barrier structure and cable guardrail that must be removed for the installation of the transmission line. These two elements should not be replaced. The engineering division recommends that the petitioner coordinate sidewalk surface restoration with the Green Line Extension Project as there is sidewalk scope for that project on the east side of Boston Avenue. Any temporary restoration must meet accessibility standards. The sidewalk on the west side is likely to remain and should be permanently restored to concrete upon completion of the crossing. Approved by the Superintendent of Wires, call 781-393-2425 for any accommodations and or aids. Uh, plans can be reviewed at the City Clerk's Office, 781-393-2425, Adam L. Herdeby's City Clerk. I declare this public hearing open, open to those in favor of the petition. Is there anyone that would like to speak in favor of the petition? Rock on, try to unmute you now. Oh, there we go. A name and address for the record, please. 
Uh, Rocco DeRico, uh, work address is 14 Capon Street in Medford at Tufts University. Um, thank you, Mr. President. Thank you, members of the City Council and neighbors. Uh, my name is Rocco DeRico. I'm the Director of Government and Community Relations at Tufts University. Uh, we are here to seek a grant of location permit um, to connect uh, a new academic building that we're building, the Cumming Center, to our central energy plant. Uh, this is a utility connection for the Cumming Center. Um, as some of you may know, Tufts University has set the ambitious goal of being carbon neutral by 2050. Um, so we've uh, built our own central energy plant to help with that goal. And what we'd like to do if approved, we'll dig a trench underneath Boston Avenue to lay conduit cables connecting the central energy plant to the Cumming Center. This also has the additional benefit of uh, connecting Halligan Hall, Cousins Gym, the Tisch Fitness Center, and Gancher to our central energy plant, as the other buildings on our campus are attached to. If approved, uh, the project can start in August and will uh, take about three to four weeks. Uh, the working hours will be normal working hours, Monday through Saturday between 7 a.m. and 6 p.m. Uh, Boston Avenue will remain open. There may be times when we need to close one lane and close the other lane, but it will remain open throughout the project. Um, our goal is to complete the project before Labor Day, um, before schools reopen and there's increased traffic in the area. Um, we've had a robust communications plan for the coming center, um, and this is part of the project. We've had uh, eight community meetings on this project. We have a public website for the project. I meet with a neighborhood working group uh, that's made up of neighbors once a month. We also send monthly email updates to our neighbors. Uh, I've had several meetings, phone calls, and emails to neighbors about this project. And on this particular grant of location request, I have um, called and or emailed everyone on the abutters list um, in preparation for tonight's meeting. Um, I am joined tonight by Ruth Bennett, who is our Director of Strategic Capital Programs, and we also have our contractors here tonight if the um, council or the audience have any questions about the project. Thank you, Rocco. Is there anyone else that would like to speak in favor of this project? Yes. If you could please have your Aaron, I'm trying to unmute you. Uh... There we go. Oh. Aaron must hate this. She can't talk. She's being muted. This is the first time it's happened. <laughs> well, Aaron, one second. I'm trying to unmute you. It doesn't seem. To I, I, I got it, John. Okay. Oh no. Aaron, are you trying to unmute? No? Okay. Thank you, everyone, for your patience. <laughs> well, Mr. President, this is the public hearing portion. It's either opposed or against, right? Yeah. Let's do the, uh, Is there anyone else that wants to speak on fa in favor of this project?
All right, I can't get your, you to, um, I'm trying to unmute you and it, it won't let me. Uh, something, something should come up on your screen when he presses the button that says unmute. There you go, oh, you're unmuted. Oh, you're, you're unmuted. I was trying to do that. It wasn't allowing me and then they asked me not to. But anyway, Aaron Benedetto, 21 Dearborn Street. First of all, I'm all for tough putting um, more of their energy through their power system as long as it's quiet and it has been for quite a bit. Um, and I also need to comment that the construction that's going on up at Puffs right now, they're not being neat with keeping things off the street. Even tonight as I walked by, there was piles of um, sand and rock in the street with cones wrapped around it and some trash bags behind a barrier that really doesn't, that barrier doesn't need to be there. Um, I've called a couple city councilors and um, Vice President Rick Caviello has been very helpful in getting them to clear that area so the street stays wide and safe for both pedestrians and cars. Misty um, Benetano? Yep. I apologize for interrupting, uh, but we need to keep on topic with this project here. So well, it, it, it goes to speak as just when they're doing the Boston Ave project, I hope that they keep that area safe and clean as they do it. It's a great improvement for their community, but while they're building, they need to be aware of the hillside community. Also, I would like to be re-added to the emails that um, Rocco mentioned. I just want to be clear that not Point all of information, Mr. President. No. Point of information, Council Knight. This is a public hearing. It's either we're in opposition or we're in favor of the project. Uh, if we go again, I understand where you're coming from, Aaron, but we have 35 items on the agenda. If we continue down this road, we're going to be here all evening. The common practice that's always been with the council has been public hearing in favor or opposed. When we've had people come to the podium in the council meetings, we've told them, stop, public hearing in favor or opposed. Okay, I respect that, um, Councillor Knight. I just wanted to make sure that the project is safe for the residents as well. So, yes, I'm in favor. Perfect. Thank you very much, Aaron. Is there anybody else that would like to speak in favor of the project? Thank you very much. My name is Laurel Ruma. I live at 149 Burgett Avenue, directly behind the current Cummings building and the proposed construction. So I had a number of qualifying questions that needed sort of a quorum to be answered, including I'm assuming Tufts now has permanent access easement under Boston Avenue, and I'd like to know what payment structure the university worked out with the city for that permanent access. Mr. President, I do believe grant of locations and personal property tax are attached to any type of grant of location in the underground infrastructure that they put in through the assessor's office. And I do believe that, that I do believe that that itemization is determined after they uh, complete the work and put and construct what it is that they need to construct so that we can tax it appropriately. Okay. So I understand that uh, also the payment for the new sidewalks will be deferred and so the green line construction is put in. I would just like to make the point that this neighborhood does need very specific enhancements, including dead end signs. Uh, we need a parking mitigation plan, but most importantly, we would like Tufts to withhold some of that money and buy curtains or blinds or drapes for the building so the lights don't shine into the neighborhood. As of now, we're already looking at a massive light pollution and it only has construction lights up. So I just want to make clear that the neighborhood is very aware that this is a continual 
encroachment and, and building of the Tufts so-called athletic utility district. And we are still the rest of the city living here. So we too would like attention paid to this neighborhood. Thank you very much. Is, anybody else, is there anyone else that would like to speak in favor of the petition? Okay, hearing and seeing none, I declare this portion of the hearing closed. Is there anyone that would like to speak um, in opposition of the petition? Anyone in opposition? Okay. Hearing and seeing none, I declare this portion of the hearing closed. Are there any questions from the council? Yes, Councilor Morell. Thank you, Mr. President. Uh, Rocco, thanks for being here. And I know we talked yesterday about this, but I just wanted, um, if you could address just for the public and the rest of the councilors, how the anticipated length of this uh, work and project to, uh, from start to finish. Uh, thank you, um, Council Morell. Sorry, after six months of Zoom, I'm still figuring this out. Uh, but uh, yeah, so we anticipate a uh, total project to take uh, three to four weeks once we can begin. Um, and as I said, it'll be all normal working hours during the day and only uh, Monday through Saturday as is typical uh, working hours in Medford. Okay, thank you. Any other questions from the council? Uh, Mr. President, I do believe Councilor Scarpelli has a question. I, oh, I'm sorry, Councilor Scarpelli. He's muted. No, oh, let me let me find him. Good luck. It's gonna say. <laughs> no, actually, he's right here. Councilor Scarpelli. Thank you, Miss uh, uh, Mr. President. I uh, there were some questions that when I asked, uh, it was already already taken care of. So, thank you. Okay, thank you, Mr. President. Council Marks. Uh, thank you, Mr. President. I would ask that the City of Medford and Tufts University put together uh, a list of contacts for area residents, uh, clerk of the work that would be responsible for the project, and any questions that uh, residents may have. Would you like to add that as an amendment? Yes. Okay, yes. Okay, any of the questions? Uh, Council, I'm sorry, Clerk Hurtubies. Mr. President, I, I'm, I'm still working on Council Marks' amendment. Okay. Council Marks, you're asking the Tufts, Tufts and the city put together a, a, a list of, and, I, and I, I lost you there, it got a little garbled on my end. A list of uh, project contact names and numbers, as well as the city of Method uh, to have a clerk of the works uh, that is responsible for the project. And I know uh, Mr. Dorico said he has a list of abutters and so forth. I'm sure you can disseminate some information that way and the city can also add it to its city website and uh, local community access as well. Uh, so uh, residents know that they have a place and a person to talk to um, if uh, need be. Okay. Thank you, Council Marks. Uh, let's see, Vice President Carviello. Thank you, Mr. President. Mr. President, and uh, I think Mr. Benedetto uh, spoke earlier on the concerns about uh, this, keeping the sidewalks uh, and clearing the equipment clear uh, from uh, the, the work area. So, if Rocco, if you could uh, make sure that gets done too, it would be appreciated. 
Yes, Ms. Uh, yes, Counselor. Thank you, Vice President Carbiello. Any other questions from the Council? Move for approval as amended, Mr. President. We're on the motion of Council all night to approve as amended by Councilor Marksy and seconded by. Second. Councilor Bears, Clerk Herdebees, please call the roll. Councilor Bears. Yes. Vice President Carviello. Yes. Councilor Knight. Yes. Councilor Marks. Yes. Councilor Morell. Yes. Councilor Scarpelli. Let me let me see if he's on mute. One minute. Yes. Yep. Perfect. President Falco. Yes. Seven in the affirmative, zero in the negative. Motion passes. Thank you, Mr. President. Thank you very much, Rocco. Notice of a public hearing, legal notice, 20-479, petition for grant of location, National Grid Incorporated, Incorporated of North Andover, Massachusetts, and Verizon New England Incorporated, Medford, Massachusetts, City Clerk's Office. You are hereby notified that by order of the Medford City Council, a public hearing will be given via Zoom at 7 p.m. on Tuesday, July 28, 2020, on a joint petition of National Grid Incorporated and Verizon New England Incorporated, for permission to locate poles, wires, and fixtures, including the necessary sustaining and protecting fixtures along with and across the public way hereinafter named to be located substantially in accordance with the plan marked number 29567848, Winthrop Street, Mass uh, Medford, Massachusetts, April 4th, 2020, and filed in the office of the city clerk on May 11th, 2020. The Zoom link for this meeting will be provided no later than July, uh, Friday, July 24th, 2020. Uh, let's see, uh, we have four appraised that, that after due notice and hearing as provided by law, it be granted a location for a permission to erect uh, and maintain poles and wires gathered with such sustaining and protecting fixtures as it may find necessary. <laughs> Said electrical transmission line to be erected substantially in accordance with the plan mark number 29567848. Winthrop Street, Medford, Massachusetts, and available for inspection in the office of the City Clerk, Medford City Hall, room 10385 George P. Hassett Drive, Medford, Massachusetts, 02155. Also, for permission to lay and maintain underground laterals, cables, and wires in the above uh, or intersecting public ways for the purpose of making connections with such poles and buildings as each of said petitioners may desire for distributing purposes. The following are the streets and highways referred to. Winthrop Street, National Grid to relocate one J.O. pole uh, on Winthrop Street near Victory Park, beginning at a point approximately 25 feet southwest of the center line of the intersection of Winthrop Street near Victory Park. Relocate number 265 on Winthrop Street, seven feet away to the back edge of the sidewalk for the installation of Eversource facilities. No tree removal shall be required. Location approximately as shown on the plan filed in the office of the city clerk. This was approved by uh, the chief engineer with the following conditions. Number one, the grant of location are limited to the relocation of one joint owned pole in the underground services associated with the pole relocation. Number two, before starting work, the contractor shall notify dig safe and shall obtain all applicable permits from the engineering division. The project must obtain a street opening permit 
pursuant to section 74-141 of the city ordinances prior to commencing work. Number three, no other utility structures, conduits, duct banks, pipes, or any other apparatuses uh, are adversely impacted. National Grid shall ensure that all sewer, water, and drain lines are marked prior to any excavation. Any dis uh, disturbed concrete sidewalk panels shall be replaced in kind. Asphalt must be replaced with asphalt. Number four, the project site must be swept daily and shall be kept free of debris for the duration of the installation. Number five, the proposed work is located adjacent to Victory Park and its access points. National Grid must coordinate with the Memphis DPW Parks Division to maintain access to the park and mitigate impacts to the use of the park. Number six, the work is close to existing uh, bollards and the plan does not indicate removal or replacement of bollards. The bollards shall remain in place. Number seven, there are multiple trees that have, can have canopy that will be impacted by the relocation of the associated overhead wires. The contractor must coordinate any required tree trimming prior to start of work with the Method DPW tree warden. Number eight, the new pole location appears to be within the root zone of the adjacent tree. Protection measures uh, for the tree roots must be coordinated with the Method DPW tree warden. Number nine, Shutdowns associated with the service transfer for the pump station must be coordinated with the station owner. This is approved by the superintendent of wires. Call 781-393-2425 for any uh, accommodations, aids. Uh, that's from uh, Adam L. Herdeby's. Uh, plans can be reviewed uh, be, or viewed at, in the city clerk's office. That's 781-393-2425. I declare this public hearing open, open to those in favor of the petition. Anybody that would like to speak in favor of this petition? Clark Herdebees, do we have uh, Verizon with us tonight or? Mr. President, I notified, uh, I notified National Grid, uh, Vincent LoJudis. He accepted the meeting uh, and, and is, is aware because there's another, there's another National Grid grant location on tonight as well. So um, I'm not sure if somebody, uh, if somebody who is in the, in the queue is is representing National Grid or Verizon tonight. Uh, okay, is anyone is there anyone here on the meeting that is representing National Grid or Verizon? Mr. President, I do think it's important to point out that this measure has been uh, recommended by the city engineer and as part of the uh, Eversource project, I do believe that that area will be uh, resurfaced curb to curb. Um, upon the completion of the Eversource project. So I think that's something that's important to point out. Um, if in fact there is any disruption or trenching that's done in that area, uh, come completion of the Eversource project, it will be resurfaced curb to curb. Um, I can certainly confidently vote for this paper this evening in approval. Um, however, I would defer to the uh, rest of the council as to what direction they want to take, whether they want to receive the matter, table the matter or uh, table the matter until the applicant comes back is fine with me. That's been our normal practice in the past, but uh, I'm comfortable voting on it this evening if that's the wishes of the party. Thank you, Council Knight. Uh, any other councilors who want to comment on this or uh, make a motion? Mr. President. Council Marks. Uh, Mr. President, as many residents are aware, we're undergoing a major uh, infrastructure um, project going on right now with Eversource. Uh, it's coming down Winthrop Street. Um, 
and uh, there's going to be much disruption to the area, and uh, as well as Salt Street and Mystic Ave. And uh, I did have a couple of questions. Uh, using the existing trenches that will be dug by Eversource, or, or will they be creating their own trenches? Um, they also mentioned uh, underground laterals and cables and wires. Is that going to be part of the extensive digging and trenching that Eversource is going to do for their electrical transmission? Um, so I, I have a number of questions, Mr. President. I, I'm, I'm not sure if, uh, you know, we don't meet until the end of August. Mm -hmm. So I'm not sure if time is of the essence. I don't know if we have our city engineer on tonight as well. I thought I may have seen his name. Mr. Clerk, do you know if he's on? I do not see him, Counselor, but I will, I'm, I'm scrolling through now. We can, I mean, we can maybe, uh, if you want, I'm not sure if the representative from uh, Verizon or National Grid is maybe having problems uh, logging in. We can maybe table to the, to the end of the meeting. I'm not sure if the clerk can reach out to him. I'm going to reach out right now. Okay. Your motion to the table, Mr. President. Actually, motion to continue the public hearing. So yeah, August uh, 25th. What if they show up in, a, in a, like 10 minutes? Why don't, we, why don't we just move it to the end of the meeting? Uh, and, and then if they don't show up, Mr. President, I would agree with Council tonight uh, because, you know, there's already a major project going on there, and I'm not sure the extent of this project. We don't know the hours of operation. We don't know if they're going to be working in conjunction with National Grid and Eversource. Uh, I really don't know anything about the project. Um, so that's what I would ask, that we move this to the end of the uh, agenda calendar. Okay, so why don't, we, why don't we table this for now, and hopefully uh, someone from uh, Verizon or National Grid will log in, and we can uh, take it up uh, towards the end of the meeting. So, uh, Council Marks, is that, was that a motion to table? Motion to table, uh, and then okay. we can uh, see if the city clerk can get a hold of someone. Okay. On the Second, motion, Mr. President. On the motion to Council Marks to table, seconded by Vice President Carviello. Clerk, can you please call the roll? Councilor Bears. Yes. Vice President Carviello. Yes. Councilor Knight. Yes. Councilor Marks. Yes. Councilor Morell. Yes. Councilor Scarpelli. Yes. President Falco. Yes. Seven affirmative, zero in the negative. Uh, the motion is tabled. Mr. President, while you read the next hearing notice, I'm going to call. I'm going to call uh, National Grid because um, they're also, I believe, on this next hearing. You are correct. Okay, notice of a public hearing. Legal notice 20-480, petition for grant of location, National Grid of North Andover, Massachusetts, Medford, Massachusetts, City Clerk's Office. You are hereby notified by the order of the Medford City Council, a public hearing will be given via Zoom at 7 p.m. on Tuesday, July 28, 2020, on a petition of National Grid Incorporated for permission to locate poles, wires, and fixtures, including the necessary sustaining and protecting fixtures as it may find necessary for the transmission of electricity under and across the public way here and named to be located substantially in accordance with the plan mark number 2577-3968 Salem Street, Medford, Massachusetts, May 14, 2020. A Zoom link for this, for this meeting will be provided no later than Friday, July 24, 2020. We have four praise that after due notice in hearing, as provided by law, it be granted permission to excavate the public highways and to run and maintain underground electric 
conduits together with such sustaining and protecting fixtures as it may find necessary for the transmission of electricity, said underground conduits to be located substantially in accordance with the plan marked number 25773968 Salem Street, Medford, Massachusetts, and available for inspection in the office of the City Clerk, Medford City Hall, room 10385, George P. Hazard Drive, Medford, Massachusetts, 02155. The following are the streets and highways referred to. Number 25773968, Salem Street, National Grid, to install approximately 25 feet of 2x4 conduit for existing manhole MH478B on Salem Street, southwest to 31 uh, 35 Salem Street. The conduit is for the purpose of providing electrical service to 35 Salem Street. Location as uh, shown on plan filed in the office of the city clerk. Excuse me. This was approved by the chief engineer with the following conditions. The Mr. Engineer President, Mr. President, I would move that we uh, suspend the reading of the remaining uh, remainder and that uh, this be placed and tabled with is not a representative from National Grid, uh, that it be placed at the end of the agenda as, as well. Okay, on the motion of Cuthbert. Was there another comment? Just a second, Mr. President. Oh, okay, I'm sorry. Okay, Council, on the motion of Council Marks to table. Seconded by Council Knight. Clerk Curtis, please call the roll. Hold on a second. Council Bears. Yes. Vice President Caraviello. Yes. Council Knight. Yes. Councilor Marks? Yes. Councilor Morell? Yes. Councilor Scarpelli? Yes. President Falco? Yes. Setting the affirmative, zero and the negative, the motion passes. Let's see what, before we begin, let's see if we have someone from Comcast with us tonight. <laughs> you don't want to read that? <laughs> I don't mind reading it, but I think I might as well ask. Uh, let's see, uh, Clerk Hurtabies, do you know if anyone from Comcast is on with us tonight? I know that David Flewelling uh, is aware of the meeting and accepted the Zoom, and accepted the Zoom link. Okay. Uh, if there's anyone from Comcast, can you please raise your hand? Okay, Clerk Hardebees, I do not see anybody from Comcast. Uh, I'm not sure if you do. Motion to table. On the motion second. Of, on the motion of Council Knight to table, seconded by Council of Bears. Clerk Hardebees, please call the roll. I'm sorry, who motion to table? Council Knight. Seconded by Council of Bears. Council of Bears. Yes. Vice President Carabiello. Yes. Council Knight. Yes. Councilor Marks. Yes. Councilor Morell. Yes. Councilor Scarpelli. Yes. President Falco. Yes. Seven the affirmative, zero in the negative. The motion passes. The matter is tabled. Okay. I believe that was all the hearings, right, Clerk Hardebees? I believe so. Hold on just a moment. Let me just double check. Yes, we move on. To, uh, the next item on the agenda is motions, orders, and resolutions. Great. Thank you. Mr. President, I withdraw paper 20483. Okay. Paper 20-483 has been withdrawn by Council and I. 
Mr. President, I also withdraw paper 20487. Okay, 20487 has been withdrawn by Councilor Knight. Thank you, Councilor Knight. Okay. Motions, orders, and resolutions. 20-484 offered by Councilor Knight. Be resolved that the Medford City Council hold the committee the whole to discuss the future of the Medford Fire Headquarters with the representatives from the Mayor's Task Force, Local 1032, and the Director, Finance Director, and Fire Chief. Councilor Knight. Uh, Mr. President, I find this, this is a uh, rather self-explanatory resolution. Uh, what I'm asking for is a committee of the whole meeting with the administration um, and representatives of the fire department and the fire union to discuss the future of uh, our fire headquarters, uh, fire training tower, and uh, the like, Mr. President. Uh, we've had many discussions over the past uh, three or four years relative to these projects and many commitments were made. And um, I just would like to uh, see where we stand in this process. Um, I know we face very trying and uh, scary financial times right now. The picture isn't beautiful. Um, however, I think it's important that we maintain some of the commitments that we made and at the very least communicate um, with uh, friends of the fire department as to where we stand, what's going on, and what commitments still remain on the table moving forward. Um, so with that being said, I'd ask my council colleagues to support the resolution. Um, this is really just an effort to uh, get more information to find out where we are from a capital planning standpoint related to uh, our fire safety services, Mr. President. Thank you, Mr. President. Thank you, Council Knight. Uh, did any uh, councilors have any comments or questions regarding the resolution? There's a resolution have a second. Second, second Mr. Mr. President. I believe there was a second. Councilor Scott Kelly. Okay. Uh, are there any questions or comments from the public regarding the resolution? Okay. Hearing and seeing none on the, uh, let's see, on the motion of Council Knight, seconded by Council Scarpelli. Clark Hernabees, please call the roll. Council Bears. Yes. Vice President Carabiello. Yes. Council Knight. Yes. Council Marks. Yes. Council Morell. Yes. Council Scarpelli. Yes. President Falco. Yes. Set in the affirmative, zero in the negative, the motion passes. Uh, 20-485, be it I'm sorry, 20-485 offered by Council and I be it resolved that the city clerk be directed per section 2-592 of the ordinances of the city of Medford to provide the Medford City Council with copies of any application filed with uh, Article 4 uh, Site Plan Review Sections 94-331 through 94-336 of the ordinances of the city of Medford within seven days of receipt thereof. Council and I um, yes, Mr. President, this is just a, uh, a resolution providing a directive to the city clerk to uh, forward us certain informations that come to his office. Um, all too often, as a city councilor, you know, when you're down at CB Scoops getting an ice cream, uh, someone will come up to you and say, hey, what's going on at this address or this location? You say, what are you talking about? I have no idea. And they say, well, they're doing construction over there. What's the story? And you say, well, I've never received a paper on that. Um, Pursuant to the way that uh, projects are filed through site plan review, they have to be submitted to the clerk's office, Mr. President. So what this is, is just directing the city clerk when any, audit, when any item that's subject to site plan review comes across his desk to include it in our council packet so that we're aware of it, and then we can do our due diligence to be well informed about the certain projects that are going on in our neighborhood. Um, so what this is, is asking the city clerk to provide us with information. Um, the city clerk was uh, never directed to do this in the past. Um, so what we're doing is uh, just taking a step to ensure um, that we received this information. I think Adam's doing a great job. This uh, is no reflection on the work that he's doing. Um, this is a new responsibility that we're tasking upon him. Um, like we do probably every other week, we'd give him something else to do. 
Um, I think pretty soon we're going to have to look at giving this guy a raise or some more vacation time, Mr. President, uh, if he's able to take it. Um, with that being said, um, this is just an opportunity for us to uh, gain information and gain um, certain documents related to projects that are being performed in our community that are subject to the site plan review, 12 units of Lando. Um, those are the same projects that are also subject to our inclusionary housing zone uh, ordinance. Um, so I think it's very important, Mr. President, that we're aware of that before the shovel goes in the ground. Well said. Uh, thank you, Council Knight. Uh, let's see, on the motion of Council Knight, seconded by. Second, Mr. President. Seconded by Vice President Caviello. Are there any questions or comments from the Council? Any from the public? Okay, hearing it, seeing none. On the motion of Councilor. I'm sorry? Uh, sorry, uh, President Falco, I see uh, Laurel has her hand up. Oh, yes, I'm sorry. Let's see. Uh, Laurel, there you are. Apologize. Uh, I'm going to try to unmute you. There you go. Name and address for the record, please. Uh, thank you. Laurel Ruma, 149 Burgett Avenue, Medford. Um, so I just want to be clear that site plans do not, uh, Tufts University is not required to file site plans with the city. However, I would like this amendment to specifically say that any plan that Tufts University files also should be brought before the city council. Okay, thank you. What a clarification, Mr. President, this resolution does nothing to change the existing ordinances. It does nothing to change the approval process. All it does is allow us to be informed with documentation. Um, it's really a request for public records that's uh, an ongoing request for public records that um, when they come into the clerk's office, we get a copy of it, but it's not doing anything to change the existing ordinance um, or the existing approval process. Um, you know, that that's not the intent of this piece of legislation. Um, and it's not something I'm willing to amend to uh, reach that far at this point. Yet. Absolutely understood. Uh, Councillor, it's just the point that when people ask what's happening at that address or this address, people also ask what's happening at Tufts University. They also have addresses within the city. Therefore, if a plan comes before the city clerk, it should also come before the city council. Thank you. Let's see, uh, Erin, I'm going to try to unmute you again. Name and address for the record. Thank you, um, President Falco. Erin Benedetto, 21 Dearborn Street. I agree wholeheartedly with the addition of Tufts filing that um, we don't know in our neighborhood what is happening and what construction is happening. And if the city council was, um, is where I go to when I ask those questions, so it would be really nice if you had that information as well. So I'm hoping that the council or one of the councils will amend the amendment to include Tufts University. Thank you. Any other questions or comments from the public? Okay. Okay, hearing and seeing none. Mr. President. Council Marks. I, I would ask that if the council is all right with that, that we amend it to allow for any correspondence from Tufts University to be passed off to us as well. Motion to settle. I'm so uh, and I missed you. Can you say again? Oh, I died off for a motion to sever. To sever? Okay. So you want that to be a B paper then? I don't want it to be any paper, but the council is adding it, so I'm asking that it be severed. <laughs> was that uh, council marks? Would that be a B paper? A B, a B paper is fine, Mr. President. Okay. So uh, thank you, uh, council marks. Clerk Curtis, do you have the wording on the B paper? Uh, council marks' B paper is uh, is to allow. Uh, it, it is to include is to allow any correspondence from Tufts to be included as well 
in these types of communications. That's accurate. That's accurate. Okay. Uh, so what we will do is we will vote on the B paper first. That B paper was offered by Council Marks. Does that B paper have a second? Second, Mr. President. Okay, that B paper is seconded by Councilor Beers. Uh, Clerk Kirby's, please call the roll. Councilor Beers. Yes. Vice President Carabiello. Yes. Councilor Knight. Yes. Councilor Marks. Yes. Councilor Morell. Yes. Councilor Scarpelli. Yes. President Falco. Yes, seven the affirmative, zero in the negative, the motion passes. On the main paper, uh, the main resolution offered by Council Knight and seconded by Vice President Carviello. Clerk Hardeby's, please call the roll. Give me a second. Council Bears. Yes. Vice President Carviello. Yes. Council Knight. Yes. Council Marks. Yes. Council Morell. Yes. Council Scarpelli. Yes. President Falco. Yes, seven in the affirmative, zero in the negative, the motion passes. 20-486, offered by Council Knight. Be it resolved that the Memphis City Council receive a report from the Chief of Police regarding the events of July 4th. Council Knight. Um, yes, Mr. President, it's been brought to my attention. I think it's been brought to all of our attention. Um, all of us in the community are well aware that a series of unfortunate events occurred on the night of July 4th um, down along uh, Willis and Congress Street, I do believe, Mr. President, where... Uh, there was uh, an assault along, among uh, assault on uh, police officers, uh, shooting of fireworks, throwing of uh, M80s, quarter sticks of dynamite at uh, at our police officers under their cars. Um, just a, a scene of unrest um, and, and violence, Mr. President, against uh, our police department, against members of our public safety uh, community. Uh, our fire department, our police department were on the scene. Uh, so I'd just like to get a report, Mr. President, because um, unlike some people in this community that feel as though Facebook is the gospel of news, I don't. Um, I feel as though if we're going to find out what's going on in this community, we should get official reports from the people in the department heads that are responsible for that. Um, so with that being said, I'm bringing this initiative forward so I can have a better understanding of what happened down there, Mr. President, because I really don't know. The information that I've received about this has all been from uh, media outlets and uh, fake news outlets. Um, so with that being said, I'm hoping that we can get a report directly from my chief of police. Thank you, Council Knight. Second, Mr. President. Second, so that motion is offered by Council Knight and seconded by Council of Beers. Are there any questions from the council regarding the motion? Okay. Any uh, questions or comments from the public? Yeah. Diane, if we could please have your name and address for the record, please. Yes, Diane Sullivan, uh, Jerome Street, Medford. Uh, thank you, Mr. President. I'm curious, uh, will we have the same type of report um, on the events of July 15th um, at City Hall? If a council has uh, the uh, option to offer that resolution, it will be brought up for a vote. But as of right now, the issue that's before this council is the issues and events that happened on the evening of July 4th, and I would move for approval on that paper, Mr. President. Second, Mr. President. Okay. Any other questions or comments? One minute. Matt, did you have your hand up? I just want to make sure. No. Okay. Okay. 
On the motion of consolidate. Mr. President. Yes. There's a new hand up. Joanna. Any no. one minute. Joanna, name and address for the record, please. Joanna Quateri Mejia, 35 Early Ave, Medford. Thank you, Mr. President. I just want to say that I too would like to see the report from the Chief of Police for a July 4th incident. Thank you. Okay, thank you. Okay, let's see. Uh, any other questions or comments? Okay, seeing and hearing none. On the motion of Council tonight, seconded by Councilor, I believe it was Councilor Bears. Clark Erdebees, please call the roll. Councilor Bears. Yes. Vice President Carabiello. Yes. Councilor Knight. Yes. Councilor Marks. Yes. Councilor Morrell. Yes. Councilor Scarpelli. Yes. President Falco. Yes, seven in the affirmative, zero in the negative, the motion passes. 20-488 uh, offered by Council Knight be resolved at the Memphis City Council. Extend its deepest and sincere condolences to the family of Elaine Honeycutt on a recent passing. Council Knight. Uh, Mr. President, thank you very much. Uh, for those of us that have been around the community, uh, we're all well aware of the Honeycutt family and the contributions that they've made to Medford. Um, we look at um, Bill Honeycutt and the work that he does with uh, John Brewer's Tavern and uh, the volunteerism and the donations that he makes to the community. Uh, we look at Steve Honeycutt and uh, the work that he did on the Disability Commission before his passing. Um, and here we have uh, uh, Mrs. Honeycutt, who uh, recently passed away, who's done such a great job raising uh, children that had such a focus on community and such a focus on giving back. Um, it's just very sad to see her leave. She was an integral part of this community. Um, she did great work raising her children, and she's raised them to be uh, great participants in social capital and the social fabric of Medford, Mr. President, um, and she will surely be missed. So uh, with that being said, I'd ask my council colleagues to join me in expressing uh, our deepest condolences and sincere condolences for the Honeycutt family in the time of loss. Thank you, Council Knight. Uh, Vice President Carviello. Uh, thank you, Mr. President. Again, I want to echo Council Knight's comments. Uh, uh, the Honeycutt's contribution to the city of Medford uh, uh, go, um, uh, go so far to, from, the, uh, from donations they make to, to their uh, the contributions to the disabilities of, of, of members of the community. So, again, um, uh, I thank them for all their work and, 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 uh, and send my condolences to their family also. Thank you, Vice President Carviello. Councilor Marks. Uh, thank you, Mr. President. I want to thank Councilor Knight for putting this on the agenda. You couldn't meet a kinder, gentler woman. Uh, she was truly what uh, represented uh, this community uh, and everything she did, Mr. President. And, uh, you know, she was a loving wife, mother, grandmother, sister, and uh, just a truly great woman, as was mentioned by my colleagues, that raised a tremendous family that uh, still continues to give back to this community, and she will be sorely missed. Uh, if I could, Mr. President, I'd like to uh, have this meeting named uh, in her honor, Mr. President. Thank you. Thank you, Council. Second the motion, Mr. President. Uh, Council Knight, I'm sorry, I missed that. I second the motion. Okay. Thank you. Uh, any other comments? So uh, as we offer our deepest and sincere condolences to the Honeycutt family, I'd ask everyone at this time to please rise for a brief moment of silence.
Thank you. And on the motion of Councilor Mark, seconded by Councilor Knight, that uh, this meeting tonight be uh, dedicated uh, to the family of Elaine Honeycutt on a recent passing. Uh, Clerk Herdebees, please call the roll. Councilor Bears. Yes. Vice President Carviello. Yes. Councilor Knight. Yes. Councilor Marks. Yes. Councilor Morell. Yes. Councilor Scarpelli. Yes. President Falco. Yes, seven the affirmative, zero in the negative, the motion passes. 20-489 offered by Council and I be resolved that the Memphis City Council requests that the city administration meet with the Hormel Commission in the leadership of Arlington Catholic High School to establish a plan to allow graduation ceremonies at Hormel Stadium. Council and I. Um, Mr. President, it's my understanding that this issue has been resolved, that Arlington Catholic has decided to take their business elsewhere. Um, however, I do find it quite unfortunate the series of events and circumstances that led up to Arlington Catholic having to go somewhere else to hold their graduation. Um, the Hormel Commission granted a permit. Uh, Arlington Catholic wrote a check, and um, they were unable to hold their graduation due to uh, concerns around COVID-19. However, at the same time, Medford High School, who has a class that's twice the size, is holding graduation ceremonies at Hormel Stadium. Um, so for the interest of just fairness, Mr. President, I understand uh, you know, why this happened or how this happened. Um, I, I just find it unfortunate that, you know, the number of children that are graduated from Arlington Catholic that have Medford roots or are Medford residents are probably up to 30 or 40% of the senior class. Um, and, and to have them want to hold their ceremonies here in Medford, this shows what a great relationship we have uh, with Arlington Catholic. Um, and, you know, the amount of people in this community that uh, believe in faith-based education and that uh, send their children to Arlington Catholic, but also remain members of our community that contribute quite a bit. Um, so I just found that unfortunate, Mr. President, it's about the kids. And, um, you know, I'd like to, to get a report back from uh, the city, but um, after filing this resolution and after the agenda was published, I did receive a lengthy response from the chief of staff um, that I admittedly glanced over and haven't had the opportunity to really uh, to get into and to read, Mr. President. So um, I will be offering to receive and place this paper on file until I can perform my due diligence and read the report that Chief of Staff Rodriguez uh, forwarded to my email account and all of us earlier in the week. Um, but with that being said, I, I do find it unfortunate uh, that, you know, things had to turn out this way. Um, and I think that, you know, as the months and days go by, um, we need to come to grips with what's going on in the world, but also what's going on in this community and how we can continue to better provide services um, under whatever they want to call this new normal or whatever it is. I don't think there's anything normal about it, Mr. President. I think it's craziness. Um, you know, you can't, you can't, you can go into target, but you can't go into city hall. Um, you got to wait in line to go in city hall, but you can't go into target. You know, it's, it's just, it's, it's getting nutty. Um, you know, I think that it's time that, you know, we figure out what course we're going to take, what direction we're going to go in, get a game plan together and let's stick to it. Um, I know that there's a lot of uh, uncertainty. There's a lot of dynamic pieces and moving pieces and moving parts, Mr. President. But um, for us to, to, to not be able to provide for those families and those kids um, a graduation ceremony after all that they've had to put up with since, you know, St. Patrick's Day um, is a little bit unfortunate. And I would have liked to see it handled a little bit differently. Um, but with that being said, Mr. President, I will, uh, take the time to go over in depth the response that I received from the chief of staff. And I thank him for taking the proactive steps to providing it to me. 
Um, so with that being said, Mr. President, I will offer uh, to receive and place this item on file. Um, however, there was a lot of concern about it that was brought up over the last uh, several weeks. Uh, so I felt it was warranted to place it on the agenda this evening. Thank you, Council Knight. On the motion of Council Knight to receive and place on file, seconded by? Second. Second. Vice President Caviello, Clerk Erdemis, please call the roll. Councilor Bears. Yes. Vice President Carabiello. Yes. Councilor Knight. Yes. Councilor Marks. Yes. Councilor Morell. Yes. Councilor Scarpelli. Yes. President Falco. Yes. Seventy affirmative, zero on the negative. The motion passes. Uh, Clerk Herdebees, if I may, uh, I just want to make sure I received. So you. Do we have the Verizon representative on the on the we line? Have the Comcast representative on the line. It's Mr. Flewelling from Comcast. Uh, Mr. President, motion to suspend the rules to take the Comcast public hearing petition off the table. Okay, on the motion of council, on the, on the, on the motion council tonight to suspend the rules to take the uh, Comcast public hearing from the table. Second it by. Second, Mr. President. Council Bears, Clerk Herdebees, please call the roll. Council Bears. Yes. Vice President Carabiello. Yes. Councilor Knight. Yes. Councilor Marks. Yes. Councilor Morell. Yes. Councilor Scarpelli. Yes. President Falco. Yes. Seven the affirmative, zero in the negative. Motion passes. The rules are suspended, and we will now take. Uh, I believe it's two zero four eight one. Am I correct, Clerk Herdebees? Believe that's accurate. Hang on just a second. Let me let me double check the records for the agenda. I'm sorry. Yes, 20481. Uh, the number you're looking to unmute, Mr. President, is the 617-279 number right under it's under Councilor Scapelli on my uh, okay. on my screen. I can un I can try to unmute him if you'd like. Yeah, could you please? Mr. Flewelling? Uh, good evening. Yes, good evening. Okay, so let, let me uh, this one here I did not I'm gonna read that now. So Notice of a public hearing, legal notice 20-481, petition for grant of location, uh, Comcast Cable Communications Management, LLC, Medford, Massachusetts, City Clerk's Office. You are hereby notified that by order of the Medford City Council, a public hearing will be given via Zoom at 7 p.m. on Tuesday, July 28, 2020, on a petition of Comcast Cable Communications, LLC. Mr. For President? Yes. Uh, I, motion, I motion that we waive the remainder of the reading and have the petition to give us a brief synopsis of the work that will take place. Yes, if you could, uh, is this Mr. Flewelling? Yes. If you could please give us a, a brief synopsis. Yeah, sure. Uh, good evening, Dave Flewelling, Comcast, uh, Woburn, Massachusetts. Uh, we've received a request from the Hyatt Hotel to bring a new conduit to that address. We'll be starting at the existing Comcast vault, excavating to place two four-inch PVC conduits, 52 feet plus or minus, to a two foot by three foot vault in the sidewalk. And then from the newly placed vault, we'll be excavating into place one four inch PVC conduit, three feet plus or minus onto the private property of the hotel. Okay, thank you. Uh, so at this point I would declare the public hearing open. And before, well actually before I move any further, I just wanted to note that this year has been approved by the chief engineer with the following conditions. The engineering division recommends that this grant of location be approved with the following conditions. Number one, the grant of location is limited to approximately 52 feet of conduit. Proposed vault and service conduit as described in the petition. Starting at the existing Comcast vault, excavating uh, to place two uh, 
four-inch PVC conduits, uh, 52 plus or minus to a proposed two by three vault in the sidewalk. From the newly placed vault excavating to a place one uh, four inch PVC conduit, three plus or minus and continue on to private property. Number two, before starting work, the contractor shall notify DigSafe and shall obtain all applicable permits from the engineering division. The project must obtain a Street opening permit pursuant to section 74-141 of the city ordinances prior to commencing work. At a minimum, the street opening permit application must include a street restoration plan and traffic management plan for review and approval. Number three, no other utility structures, conduits, duct banks, pipes, or any other apparatuses uh, are adversely impacted. Comcast shall ensure that all sewer, water, and drain lines are marked prior to any excavation. Number four, the sidewalk and street restoration shall be done in consultation with the engineering division in further requirements of an approved street opening permit. This must include a site inspection with the permit officer to determine uh, extents of pavement restoration. The concrete sidewalk must be replaced in kind and cleanly cut at the control joints. This, uh, the Bituminous concrete pavement over the trench shall be milled and overlaid to an offset approved by the engineering division. The brick stamp concrete edging shall be replaced in kind. Number five, pavement markings. President, if I could stop you on that point for a moment. Yes. Um, will the resurfacing be done in a curb-to-curb -curb fashion, or is this going to be grounded inlay in a trench? Mr. Flewellen, could you comment on that, please? Yeah, um, we're going to go by whatever the uh, city engineer determines on the paving restoration. So and we're going parallel across the street. So, you know, I, I don't know if that really would be considered curb to curb. Um, the chief of staff comment on that as to what the what the street restoration plan would be for this Dave do you have any idea around mr. Rodriguez what um no, yeah I don't I'm not familiar enough with the project I'd have to defer to Tim McGivern uh, but I'm happy to, to talk with him about that I'll see if I can get him on uh, the, the call right now I'll see if I can text him and get him on excellent thank you no it's just um it's always been a common question we've always asked about you know ground opening permits and restoration um, and when you know our roads get reopened what happens is we get a trench and the trench ends up being garbage and 18 months and you know uh, the contract is supposed to come back and let it sit for six months and replace it then it'll be good as new but that never happens um so we've been pushing for curb to curb restoration on projects like this um if it's a preference it's always going to be curb to curb of course yeah, mr. yeah mr Flo, I'm, just, I'm explaining to the, the the comcast petitioner um and why i ask you know um but i understand you know the, the need for the project why they asked us here and I apologize for interrupting but I just figured it would be easier to ask the question what was on the table as opposed to going back to it after you finished the exhaustive list so thank you okay thank you council night number five pave pavement markings must be restored number six the project site must be scrubbed daily and shall be kept free of debris for the duration of the installation number seven Riverside Avenue is a highly traveled roadway for vehicles as well as pedestrians a detailed TMP must be submitted to the engineering division for review and approved prior to receiving a street opening permit. The TMP must include accommodations for pedestrians in addition to vehicles. Number eight, the plan does not indicate drain lines or laterals. Drainage pipes beneath the conduit must be replaced. 
Number nine, the conduit must cross MWRA infrastructure. Copies of the MWRA permit must be submitted to the engineering division prior to releasing a street opening permit. Approved by the superintendent of wires, call 781-392-2425 for any accommodations and or aids. Adam L. Hurtaby, city clerk. These plans can be viewed at the, in the city clerk's office at 781-393-2425. At this point, I would declare the public hearing open, open to anyone in favor of this project. Uh, Mr. Flewelling, I, am I, would you, I would assume you're in favor? Correct, yes. Okay, uh, thank you. Is there anyone else that would like to speak that is in favor of the project? Hearing and seeing none, I declare this portion of the hearing closed. Uh, is there anyone in opposition of the project? Anyone in opposition that would like to speak? Okay, hearing and seeing none, I declare this portion of the project, uh, of the, of the <laughs> Declare this portion of the hearing closed. Uh, let's see. Are there any questions from the council? Mr. President, Councilor Marks. Uh, will there be any disruption to the flow of traffic and roughly uh, how long will this project take? The project should take roughly under a week, say five days, weather permitting. Um, there will be some disruption to traffic. We already have a traffic plan uh, prepared and ready to submit, to submit with the street opening permit that does take into account the uh, pedestrian traffic. And, and when will most of the uh, work be done? During the day or at night? Or? Uh, we can do it during the day or we can do it um, during the night. Again, we'll uh, abide by whatever directions are given on the street opening permit. If it calls for uh, night work, we'll do the, do the work at night. If it calls for day work, we'll do it during the day. I will leave that call, Mr. President, up to the city engineer and the city administration. Thank you, Councilor Marks. Councilor Knight. I just would recommend, Mr. President, that if um, night work is going to be discussed, we take the appropriate steps. We do have two senior buildings right across the street from that location, and uh, we don't want to disrupt uh, that uh, the elderly population that live in our senior buildings if, in fact, uh, we can avoid that. So I certainly appreciate Councilor Marks' position on this, and I, too, um, uh, we'll support the paper this evening um, and await the report of the, uh, the city engineer relative to the curb to curb repaving. Thank you, Councilor Marks, and thank you, Councilor Knight. Uh, Chief of Staff, David Rodriguez. Yeah, I do have some interest. I just spoke with Tim on the phone. So this is a perpendicular trench. It's not a it's a parallel, not a parallel trench. Uh, if it was a parallel trench, we'd certainly consider the curb to curb. But with the perpendicular trench, we'll just offset to be consistent with the current pavement condition. So it should try to we'll try to blend it in as much as we can. It will be a mill and overlay. We won't do full depth on something like this because it could cause more damage than it's solving. Uh, so we can get a little bit more information for you on that. Uh, but it, just to clarify, it's a it's a perpendicular trench on a parallel trench where a curb to curb would be where curb to curb would be appropriate. It is pretty much curb to curb then because it's going across the street. It's just going across, yeah. It's just it's just more narrow. Right. So yeah, no, that's plenty, um, Mr. Rodriguez. That's plenty. I'm no engineer, so any other information you give me that you want me to read, I'm not going to understand anyway. Um, uh, I, so. I literally had to take notes because I'm I'm dumber than Tim is, so I had to, to just just say what he said. So. Sounds good. Excellent. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Thank you. 
Thank you, Chief of Staff Rodriguez. Thank you, Council. And I, uh, any other questions from the Council? Okay. Hearing and seeing none, uh, is there a motion on the floor? Move approval, Mr. President. Second. On the motion of Council, I'd like to approve. Seconded by Councilor Marks. Clerk Enterbees, please call the roll. Council Bears. Yes. Vice President Carviello. Yes. Council Knight. Yes. Council Marks. Yes. Council Morrell. Yes. Council Scarpelli. Yes. President Falco. Yes. Seven the affirmative, zero in the negative. The motion passes. Motion to revert to the regular order of business, Mr. President. On the motion of Council Knight to revert back to the regular order of business, seconded by. Second. Council Marks. Clerk Herdebees, please call the roll. Council Bears. Yes. Vice President Carviello. Yes. Council Knight. Yes. Council Marks. Yes. Council Morell. Yes. Council Scarpelli. Yes. President Falco. Yes. Seven the affirmative, zero in the negative. The motion passes. Uh, we will now revert to the regular order of business. Motions, orders, and resolutions 20-490 offered by Council Marks. Be resolved that the speeding and signage on Washington Street and Spring Street area be discussed. Council Marks. Uh, thank you, Mr. President. And I believe there may be one or two residents uh, from the area uh, on with us tonight that would also want to speak. So I just want to uh, let that be known. Uh, I received uh, a number of, of phone calls and emails, Mr. President, from area residents in the Washington Street, uh, Spring Street, Bradshaw uh, Street area uh, regarding speeding traffic. Uh, this is not common to this particular area. Uh, we receive calls constantly throughout the community. And um, one issue that I've brought up over many years was uh, instituting traffic calming initiatives like they do in many other communities. Uh, I've been on the City of Cambridge website, uh, the City of Somerville, and we don't have to recreate the wheel. Uh, many of uh, the initiatives uh, are out there and things that we can take advantage of. Uh, one, Mr. President, that I believe our city has fallen short on the mark is uh, the raised crosswalks that I've mentioned for the last at least 10 years. Uh, back several years ago, uh, Mayor McGlynn uh, offered to do uh, a pilot program with uh, three raised crosswalks. And to date, uh, we have only uh, implemented one of the three that was studied and approved. Uh, and that is on Winthrop Street. Uh, I would ask Mr. President, in the interest of public safety, in the interest of taking our roads back from uh, speeding traffic, that this particular area of Washington, Bradshaw, Spring Street, uh, receive a traffic study, a formal traffic study on uh, speeding cars, um, as well as the need for additional signage, uh, Mr. President, in the area. And uh, the day after, I believe it was, that I received one of the emails, I got a follow-up email from the same gentleman that said he witnessed a young boy uh, get hit in the street by a car, uh, Mr. President. I don't think it was very serious, but it was enough, Mr. President, to alarm residents of uh, what is taking place in their neighborhood. So uh, I would ask, Mr. President, in the interest of public safety, that our traffic commission uh, quickly move forward on uh, the uh, creation of a traffic study in this area the implementation of traffic calming initiatives, whether it's widening sidewalks, 
whether it's putting road markings, whether it's a raised crosswalk, blinking lights, whatever it might be, Mr. President, uh, to increase uh, safety in the area, I think would go a long way. Um, we've, as a council, have mentioned this ad nauseum uh, regarding many other streets in the community. And I really believe, and this is no reflection on any current administration, uh, but uh, we really do a poor job when it comes to uh, controlling the speed within our community. And, uh, you know, when people don't feel safe taking their dog for a walk or taking their child for a walk or going for a jog, you know there's a concern in the community. And many of our secondary roads are becoming cut-through roads with uh, all the Waze applications and other applications people are using and drivers are uh, you know, finding any which way to get through our neighborhoods. Uh, and that's creating much of the chaos uh, we're hearing about on our streets. So I would put that in the form of a motion, Mr. President, that uh, that be sent to the Traffic Commission and they look at additional signage uh, on those streets and the commission of a traffic study for implementation of some traffic calming initiatives. And I, I believe we have Ed Serino uh, from the area and maybe Tony, uh, Tony Mosca, I believe also may be on the Zoom meeting tonight. Okay. So, uh Sorry, Councilor Knox. Um, I'm going to try to find them. If you could, uh, I think the clerk has a question in the meantime. If I could ask Councilor Marks a question, I, I got most of Councilor Marks's amendment. I, I, I'm taking I'm taking the uh, the request for a traffic for a traffic study as an amendment to your to your motion, Council. Am I correct in doing that? Well, it's it's currently not part. Yes, yeah, so it would be an amendment to my motion. So uh, it. it from what I have been able to to, to write down uh, as you spoke, your uh, the amendment is for a traffic study uh, in the area of Washington, Bradshaw, and, and Spring Street. Um, request for a traffic study and additional signage, and uh, to ask the uh, traffic commission to move forward with this study as soon as possible. Correct. And, and any other traffic calming initiatives uh, that the city can think of. And any other traffic calming initiatives. Thank you, Councilor Marks. Um, uh, Mr. President, can I interrupt one more time? It's, a, it's about a previous topic. Uh, John Jankowski from National Grid has been, has been uh, trying multiple times to get on the call. So he is, he is, he is here, and he called me in my office when, when Councilor Marks was speaking. So National Grid is trying, to, is trying to get on this call, and I know that Mr. Jankowski was on earlier as well. So um, we'll try to figure that out. Okay, let's continue with this, and then we'll, we'll figure out. Uh, I apologize for the interruption. I just didn't want to lose that piece. All right, uh, we got uh, Mr. Serino. Can we please have your name and address for the record? Ed Serino, 49 Bradshaw Street, Medford. Uh, thank you, uh, Mr. President. Uh, I also want to thank uh, Councillor Marks uh, for being involved in this. And also, if someone's still on from the mayor's office, I talked to the mayor a few times. She actually witnessed something with me last year on spring at a ribbon cutting. Unfortunately, with a part of spring where I'm at, people either speed up, if they're coming down from Haynes, they speed down. Um, I grew up on Riverside Ave. I've spoken to the council many times before about my aggravation with parking and speeding in the city, especially growing up on Riverside and also working for Anheuser-Busch for 35 years. I've been a liaison with the company and the city. We always try to be a great neighbor, and part of that is the safety of our vehicles going on the road. But as uh, Councilor Mark said, my opinion is it's not if when a tragedy is going to happen, it's a when. My daughter is 22 years old now, so I'm not doing this for me, but I can tell you as I petitioned my neighbors for the past two weeks for signatures, 
I had more people from Pembroke and Carolina, which are our neighboring streets, approach me to also sign. And I told them, you can't sign. I'm just trying to make Bradshaw itself six to nine during the school hours, residents only, putting the temporary speed bumps that I see on Bonner. Um, be, because it's, it's, it's getting bad. I've had a couple of, I won't say confrontations, but I will say the young man's lucky that I'm not in my 20s and single because it would have been a different conversation. When people, uh, I have, I'm in a new vehicle now, I almost got hit. People swear this kid's coming by in motorcycles. And I really think it's, it's going to be tragic when someone gets hit. I will say the mayor did have uh, a Mr. Blake from the uh, engineering uh, department sent me a very detailed email a few weeks ago on the plans he has for the area. One thing that he wrote in, which I think is what I'm trying to do on Bradshaw, is the city is looking at a shared street initiative that will help uh, alleviate um, some of these issues. So I get it with COVID, everyone's stretched thin. I have had called traffic a few times because the other problem we have here, which makes the speeding tougher, all the rentals from Riverside and Spring, they all come to Bradshaw because we're not permit parking. I had an issue today. We had to go outside and move a car. A fire truck could not make a swing because there were people blocking the intersection across from us. And thank God we were home to do that and, and open that up. So, um, again, I want to thank uh, everybody for their time. Um, I know this is a citywide issue, but I really think that Councillor Marks hit it on the head that not only can we do better, but we need to do better. Thank you. Thank you very much. Let's see, we have um, Paul. Paul, can we please have your name and address for the record? Hi, uh, Paul Fonbell. I'm on 33 Douglas. And uh, I just, I'll be brief. I support all of the, the ideas for citywide uh, traffic uh, enhancement. So my question or comment is, I would encourage it to be a much broader perspective as opposed to those limited streets. I live off of Summer Street between Maine and Winthrop, and, and that's a, a NASCAR stri a strip uh, during rush hour every morning and every afternoon, and people are cutting through. And so I, I guess my question is, why are we limiting it to these several streets that very clearly have a need and not uh, more of a citywide initiative? Because, you know, that Barry Park is right there. There are kids. I have two little kids, um, and, and there's a Barry Park is right in the middle of that, that race strip and cars go flying by every day and there's little kids playing in the park, kids playing in the, in the basketball courts, tennis courts. There's needs for this in a much broader perspective. That's all I got. Mr. President. Thank you, Paul. Yes, Council Marks. I, I agree with the, the previous speaker and I would ask that uh, Todd Blake, our traffic engineer, look at a citywide approach. This council has been requesting that for many years and we, we tend to take things up piecemeal like we did on Salt Street and many other streets because there hasn't been a formalized approach to look at the entire city. So I am in full support of looking at the entire city, but as I get calls and emails, uh, I react to those calls, Mr. President. And I would ask that uh, Todd Blake uh, be uh, as part of uh, my motion that he look at uh, a citywide approach to traffic calming issues as was mentioned by the previous speaker. Thank you. Thanks so much. Do you want to amend your motion to include uh, a more? If, if we could, Mr. President. Thank you. I've, I've got it, Mr. Second. President. Thank you. I've got it, Mr. President. Okay. Uh, so on that motion of Council Mark, seconded by Council uh, Knight as a
as uh, amended by Council Marks. We have uh, another comment, I believe. Kelly, did you have your hand up? I'm going to try to unmute. There you go. Name and address. Uh, oh, Kelly Catalo, 46 Otis Street in Medford. Um, so, Councilor Marks, thank you very much. I've been in this neighborhood for many years um, off of Washington Street, and we just recently got a sidewalk. Uh, thank you, Rick Carav Yellow. I've been complaining to you for years. A crosswalk because from these side streets to Riverside Ave, there's kind of a cut through where the people can walk with their dogs and we can run and we can get to the lake and we want everybody to be able to enjoy our river. But coming across that sidewalk, even though we have the sidewalk, Washington Street is a speedway and everyone's trying to avoid Riverside and they're trying to avoid Salem Street. I love the idea of the raised crosswalk that if that crosswalk could turn into a raised crosswalk from Otis over to, I think it's Pembroke that it opens to, that would be awesome. Um, I do appreciate what's happening on Summer Street. I know what goes on over there as well. We've got traffic issues everywhere, but you know, this particular issue, thank you for bringing it up. Thank you. Any other comments? Any other comments uh, or questions from the public? Move approval. Now we have one more. Let's see, it looks like, uh, I believe it's Caitlin Murphy. Name and address for the record. Hi, Caitlin Murphy, 51 Sharding Ave. I hope you can hear me because I'm on my walk. Um, I live in the area. I have two small children that have been walking down with my stroller. And people are driving 40 to 45 miles an hour, and it needs to stop. So I fully support this. Thank you, Council Marsh, for bringing it to the Council's attention. Thank you, thank you, Kayla. Let's see, uh, Derek Anderson, name and address for the record, please. All right, Derek Anderson, 16 Myrtle. Uh, I just want to thank Mark, uh, Councilor Marks, for introducing this. I totally agree. I wasn't aware of a petition on this. I live near the intersection of Washington and Spring, so I'm very aware of this. I dropped children off in that area, and just from uh, September to March of um, this past school year, I witnessed on at least three occasions kids almost getting hit by cars zooming past buses, to which point the buses are actually parking diagonally across Spring Street to try to slow those vehicles down. So it's definitely an issue in that location. So I'll just voice my support for this. Thank you. Thank you. Yes, we have, uh, let's see, Carolyn Morrison. Name and address for the record, please. Hi, Carolyn Morrison, 26 West. I just wanted to voice my support as well for this uh, motion. I've seen the raised crosswalk work on Winthrop Street um, between 16 and Boston Ave. And living on West Street, it's a popular cut through from Winthrop to Route 16 and cars are flying down the road all the time. So I also support a more citywide uh, look at this because it is a problem. Okay, thank you. Okay, we have uh, another comment. Let's see, uh, Joanna. Joanna, name and address for the record, please. 
to win a Quateri Mihi at 35 early Ave. I'm actually calling about um, my mom's house at, on Woburn Street from High Street to Suffolk Street. And I, I've lived there my whole life. It's, it's like a show for my, my whole family. We sit in the window sometimes during the bad weather and just watch the cars come off of High and take that turn onto Suffolk. You know, it's a cut through. Um, somebody was hit by a car there not long, uh, you know, long ago, actually. And a street sweeper actually turned over when I was a kid. But that's a horrible, horrible turn right there. If you know where I'm talking about, it's Woburn, it's high to Woburn to Suffolk. And we watched them do complete donuts taking the corner there. So that, that, that should be something to look at also. But thank you for um, letting me speak. Thank you. Thank you. Any other comments? Uh, Jennifer Kerwood. Hi, I just wanted to echo what everyone else has been saying. I really do think this is a citywide issue. Oh, sorry, I have to say who I am. Um, Jennifer Kerwood, 43 Willis Avenue. Thank you for letting me speak. Um, as I said, I live on Willis Avenue. Everyone is using it to avoid Mystic. And with all of the stop signs, as it's a crisscross of one ways, it's also a bus route. Um, Everyone's playing chicken every morning. I know that right now, obviously, with school being out and not knowing what that will look like come September, um, it has been a massive, like, a road rage-inducing people rushing to get to work, dropping their kids off, doing whatever. And you basically, there's there's no movement. I've, I've witnessed um, almost, like, fisticuffs and people beeping and just laying on the horn because they can't get through because there are cars parked on either side. And so once someone makes a turn off of Harvard, there's, there's no way to see what's ahead of you. And if there's no way to go, everyone's just at a standstill. It's blocking traffic. Um, and I'd also like to say that the one time that I needed emergency services, the fire truck could not get through. So I don't know if that's an issue of having too many cars, having cars being parked on both sides, bad, you know, poor parking jobs. But I do think that while considering um, changes to the way the traffic flows, one thing we could do is turn this into um, a revenue source at some point because there could be fines involved. And that's the best way, unfortunately, to implement new changes. That's all. Thank you. Okay, uh, let's see. Okay, it doesn't appear that there's any more questions or comments regarding this. So, uh, Clark Curtis, did this have a second? I believe uh, the, orig the original motion was, was uh, Councilor Marks as amended twice by Councilor Marks with Councilor Knight's second. Perfect, okay, great. On the motion of Councilor Marks, as amended by Councilor Marks twice, it's seconded by Councilor Knight. Clerk Herdeby, please call the roll. Councilor Bears. Yes. Vice President Carabiello. Yes. Councilor Knight. Yes. Councilor Marks. Yes. Councilor Marks, thank you. Yes. Councilor Morell. Yes. Councilor Scarpelli. Yes. President Falco. Yes, seven the affirmative, zero in the negative. The motion passes. 20-491, offered by Vice President Carbiel. 
be a result that the Method City Council asked the building commissioner to address the city council on the recent changes to the residential building permit process. Vice President Carniello. Thank you, Mr. President. Uh, Mr. President, um, over the last uh, couple, last week or so, I've gotten um, uh, many calls in regards to a change in uh, the building permit process uh, for homes that are over 75 years old or older. Um, from what I have been told, it's, uh, it was part of a, the historical commission, um, uh, something that was passed a few, uh, some years ago. And for some reason, it's now being enforced uh, four years later. And if I could have uh, the building commissioner, uh, I, I think I saw him here. He's on the line. Um, Paul Moki, the building commissioner with us. I'm going to try to, there you go. You're unmuted, Paul, if you yeah. wouldn't mind. Thank, thank you, Mr. President. Uh, good evening, Councilors. Uh, to address your uh, question, Councilor Carviello, about a week and a half ago, we had a meeting with the uh, Store Commission and the Mayor's Office regarding some of the uh, um, conditions of the demolition delay ordinance. It was, as you said, was passed several years ago. And what the discussion really evolved around was... President. Um, Mr. Moki, I'm sorry to interrupt, um, but I think just a few years ago, the only changes that we made to the demolition delay ordinance was homes that were constructed within 75 years and uh, expanding the demolition delay from six months to 18 months. But um, the legislative body made no other changes other than that. So that's what I think is making this confusing to us. Um, you know, when we made those changes to the demolition delay ordinance, uh, that was it. It was just those two items. It wasn't this broad sweep to say, you know, start changing the way that you practice. Um, I, I think that that's, that's what the issue is, but I just wanted to correct um, what you said there, that when we changed the demolition delay ordinance, all we did was change from uh, houses built before 1900 to houses built within the last 75 years and uh, expanding the demolition delay period from six months to 18 months. Um, so I think that's very important that we point that out. There's been no passage of an ordinance that changed anything that we did here other than the amount of time that the demolition delay was in place in the age of the home um, that was subject to demolition delay. Yes, that's correct, Councillor. And that was, um, as, as you said, the ordinance was for the demolition delay, and those were the two changes of 75 years and uh, increasing the uh, time period from 12 to 18 months. But what the discussion, as I was saying, really revolved around was some of the uh, wording. If you look in the uh, actual ordinance itself right now, uh, it talks about demolition of a structure, which is pretty clear. And then uh, part of that same definition, it also elaborates uh, where it states that or any part thereof. And I think that's where some of the uh, questions were concerned about uh, is it total demolition of a total demolition? As I said, that's self-explanatory. But the different parts thereof that were in the definition of the demolition in the, in the historical ordinance, that was where some of the questions uh, were uh, discussed in this meeting. And as a result of that, the Historic Commission has a uh, pamphlet that they have, and it's got a uh, uh, commonly asked questions uh, section. And that was really the main focus of the meeting. And in that uh, section are several bullet points about uh, different uh, scopes of work that can be performed on different properties. And, uh, and, and, and since that meeting, uh, to answer your question, also Councilor Carviello, we've about a week and a half ago. So we've been working with the Historic Commission very closely. Uh, I'm in touch with the chairman almost on a daily basis right now. And I've also looped her into uh, a software program so that she has access to the 
permits that are currently under review and uh, what type of jobs that those uh, permit applications entail. And right now, uh, we're still, it's a fairly new process for us. I said it's about a week and a half old. And we're still working through exactly what uh, comes under their purview and what doesn't. So uh, what we started out as a guideline with the four bullet points in their pamphlet under the commonly asked questions section. And then uh, because of the broad um, scope of work that's done in a lot of residential properties, you know, there were, uh, we're just kind of, I guess, slowing the process down right now to make sure that uh, we're, you know, uh, uh, we're on the same page in terms of what needs to be reviewed by the Historic Commission and what uh, it doesn't really come under their peer review. And as Councilor Knight said, that was that's a big part of the question right now. Councilor Knight. Um, so it's my understanding that under the current application that the uh, Historic Commission is using for demolition delay, if someone wanted to change the windows out on their home, maybe move them six inches to the left, six inches to the right, They'd, be, they'd have to go before the Historical Commission in order to get an approval to do that? Well, that's, uh, Council Knight, that's some of the things we're working on right now because there are some provisions in those bullet points that do address windows. And uh, I think it's, it's kind of hard to paint some of these items with a broad brush uh, because there are certain sections that reference interior renovations where windows are affected. And there's another section that says it's, you know, it's, it may not be required a purview. So uh, again, it's a, not to be too vague about that, but we're trying to work through that uh, because I think we need to get, uh, you know, definite uh, instructions for homeowners. When let, me apply for permit. let me stop you. If, if someone came today to your office and said, I want a permit to not take these windows out, blow them out and put a huge picture window in, would they be allowed to get that permit or would they have to go to the historical commission? Uh, that's what we're, that's what we, we try to come to terms with. A lot of times what we'll do is look at the elevation drawings and plans. And if it's, I, I think, the way that, and uh, we should be finalizing some of this very shortly. I think what happens is also uh, what the scope of the work looks like from the exterior. If it's, uh, in my opinion, the way I'm interpreting it right now is if it's a minor window changes and it doesn't really affect the uh, aesthetics of the outside too much, no, they don't, I don't think they really too concerned with that. But if it's something that's going to affect the, uh, you know, again, the, the exterior layout and design of the, of the building, I think that's some of the window uh, changes they want to take a look at. And what, point of information, Mr. President. Uh, point of information, Councilor Scarpelli. I hate to interrupt, but Mr. Moki, if let's say my neighbor who has a house that is 80 years old and she's a senior citizen and she needs to redo her windows, we have to now wait and get approval from the historical commission to to get approval to get these. This, this this could be a huge burden, financial burden, on our seniors. The only reason why I know this is my brother-in-law purchased a home, didn't know it was a historical site, and what would have cost him $5,000 windows turned into over $25,000. I find this a little scary. Well, I think there's also, a, in that section I was referring to, Councilor Scott, there's a, uh, some notation in that also that uh, routine maintenance and the uh, if it does include uh, windows under routine maintenance, then I, I don't think that's a, a that particular project would need their <laughs> review. No. Thank you. Sorry. So, um, yes, Mr. So, um, so, Mr. Moki, uh, through, through the president, Mr. Moki, um, underneath the new standards that are trying to be implemented now, interior work would also have to be, certain interior work would also need to have to be approved by the Historic Commission? 
Am I understanding that correctly? Yes, it could be subject to that. Um, if I can read you one of the bullet points, Council, may help you. Uh, yes, please. One of, one of the bullet points that we have implemented since this meeting, it states that the gutting of a building's interior to the point where exterior features such as window doors, walls, etc., are impacted. So it, again, that's uh, it could be, yes. So in essence, if somebody wanted to make their house handicap accessible after a tragic event that happened in their family, they'd have to go before the Historic Commission to make their house handicap accessible as well? A circumstance could arise in that? In, in that a circumstance, uh, it could potentially arise, yes. If somebody wanted to rip down a deck and put a ramp in, move a door so that they can um, meet the requirements of, um, you know, making a wheelchair pass through, they'd have to be subject to these requirements? <coughs> Well, let me, I don't think in that particular example you gave, no, I don't think they would be because there's a state, um, state zoning act, which gives uh, uh, exemption to handicap ramps for accessibility to one or two families. So in that particular case, I, I don't think that they would uh, need to uh, review that, no. And um, is this commonplace in other communities that the historical commission goes this far and gets this far involved in building and development? I'm not sure. I haven't had a chance to see what some of our surrounding communities are doing on that uh, right now, so I'm not sure about that. And, and also, um, Mr. Mulkey, can can you answer, or maybe we'll offer this as a B paper? Um, I just I, I know you can't answer off the top of your head, but um, can we get a report back from the administration um, since amending the demolition delay ordinance? How many homes that have been subject to demolition delay have actually been restored? to the historic state. Because I, I mean, we have an operative ordinance in here, but if it's not meeting the objectives and now it's turned into this second layer of a building department, I don't know if that's good public policy, Mr. President. But if we haven't saved any houses or restored any houses, and all this is doing is creating another layer of bureaucracy and another layer of government, the government within a government for individuals to get permitting to make home improvements on the largest purchase that they make in their life, their kingdom, their castle, their home, um, I think this might have to be looked at. Um, you know, this certainly doesn't fall within the, the scope that, that I feel as though would be the intent of the legislation at the time it was passed or at the time that it was amended. Um, so I'd like to offer that as a B paper. Um, if we can find out how many uh, homes since amending the resolution have actually been saved and restored, as opposed to how many <coughs> wanted to uh, demolish uh, an old and decrepit building like Pacelli's and do something that might add some substantial community gain and, and also um, some tax revenue to the community. Um, you know, how many of those projects just went to the wayside and the building's still the building that it was and the demolition delay, all it did was kill the sale or, or, or kill uh, the redevelopment or repurposing of a property. I think that's important to look at, Mr. President, because, you know, if the goal is to restore historic homes and our demolition delay ordinance isn't meeting that goal, then why do we have it? Thank you, Council Knight. Uh, uh, let's see, so we haven't had people that have their hands up, but uh, I believe Councilor Carviello, did you 